Hey, welcome to Church Alive's podcast. We are so blessed and so honored that you could join us here today. We hope this message is something fresh, real, and powerful for your life. Our mission here is to reach, teach, and empower people to impact their generation for Christ. Thanks for joining in and enjoy the message. Hey, welcome to Can you stand here with me? We're going to read a passage of scripture and then dive into it. Who brought faith? Yeah. Hey, you today and checking out church, checking out God, not sure about God, don't worry, he's sure about you. He loves you, he's going to plan for your life. And maybe someone just said, hey, why don't you come check it out? God is big enough to handle your doubts. God's big enough to handle your questions. God is bigger than all of those things. The God of heaven made you intricately. He wants to speak to you today. So I just want to invite you to open your heart, whether it's your first time in church or just, man, you've been here a thousand times. Second Samuel chapter 9 says this, and Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem because he always, someone say always. always. Come on, say, someone say always. always. He always ate at the king's table. One more time, I'm going to pray, and then you can grab your seat. You can slap your neighbor and tell them they're good looking. Are you ready? Father, I thank you again for your people. They are your people, so I pray that you would use me as your instrument today. Let rivers of living life flow in this place. I believe you for the blessing of heaven into every life, every moment, every, I pray that someone who needs encouragement, they just get encouraged. Someone, Lord, who's, who's just wrestling with life itself, I pray you'd speak to them. Lord, do, do only what you can do, I pray, in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, come on, grab your seat. Praise God. Slap your name and tell them they're good looking. I'm glad I'm sitting next to you. Last week, we began to talk about Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth is an incredible picture of the grace of God. Mephibosheth was of the line of Saul who lost his position, lost his power, lost his preeminence. He was really meant to be a prince, was meant to be a king. And uh, King David, in a kind of picture of the grace of God, invites this broken man who lives in a place called Lodabar, which is a place of no communication and no pasture, he invites him to the king's table. And the Bible says he was always, someone say always. always. He was always to eat at the king's table. He was not to occasionally come. He was not to attend the king's court from time to time. He was literally to feast on the food of his father. I think it's an incredible invitation and a picture of the God life that God has called each and every single one of us to participate in is that God has actually invited you and invited me to the Father's table and He's inviting you and me to feast on the King's food, wear the King's clothes, hear the Father's counsel. It is an incredible invitation. I've got an umbrella today, don't know if you noticed this. You ever walk with an umbrella, all of a sudden you feel like a P-A-M-P? <laughs> I don't really like umbrellas a whole lot. I'm an umbrella fella. But there's a power in the umbrella. You see, there is, from time to time, raging 
water that comes from the sky. You know, the other day, my daughter said to me, Daddy, why is it raining? And I'm like, well, there's clouds. She's like, why? And I'm like, well, I don't know. <laughs> but an umbrella actually speaks of covering. Someone say covering. An umbrella actually speaks to you and me of authority. And I've noticed, haven't you noticed that there's always some crazy people who don't listen to anyone's warnings? For instance, a hurricane is coming. People are authorities in weather. They're like, get undercover. There's always an idiot. There's always someone who goes, I don't need to get undercover. I know way more than that person, isn't there? And they get stuck on the roof of their house. They get, they're in a river somewhere. And they're like, help me, help me. Haven't you noticed that when you don't get undercover, you actually get pelted? rain, with the hail, with the storms of life, God went, wants us to come under his covering. There are four institutions that God created that really you and I must, must come under the authority of scripture and the authority of God, and then we will experience the blessing of heaven. I don't love authority, do you? Got quiet here. <laughs> See, here's when you love authority. You love authority when it's for you, don't you? If someone was to break into your house today, how many would love the fact that you get to call 911 and the police would show up and be like, you have no authority to be here. But how many of you don't love authority when you park in the wrong spot and you get a ticket? I've often found that we want grace when we violate authority, but we want enforcement of law and order. Someone breaks our authority. For you to have authority, you must learn what authority is. See, when I violate authority, I actually lose authority. Lucifer violated authority, and so he lost authority. Adam and Eve did the exact same, same thing. They violated authority, and therefore they lost authority. All throughout Scripture, the, the authority of God is actually on display in four distinct areas. Let me give them to you real quick. God created family. Someone say family. God created marriage. He created the human race. And he set up this authority of man and woman and kids. I don't know about you. I don't have a democracy in my house. Why? Because if I did, my kids would want mint chocolate chip every morning for breakfast. There's no, there's no democracy. We're not voting on this. You don't get to vote, children. I mean, this isn't a voting thing. Like, Daddy, I want to go to Disney. You want to go to Disney every week. Every time my daughter will often say, Daddy, I don't want to go to school today. And I'll be like, okay. Would I be a good father? See, Mephibosheth was feasting on the king's table. And at first, I reckon he was hearing... God speak to him, or the King David speak to him regularly, I love you, man, I love that you're at my table. And how many know when you first come to Christ, you need to hear a lot like God loves you? Because actually, you feel often bad about yourself. You're kind of like, man, I don't know if God loves me. And I found time and time again, I've needed to hear, God loves me, God loves me, God loves me. God, I, look at, I need to hear that a lot. But as I've matured, I've noticed that God likes to tell me other things other than he loves me. Things like do this. Things like authority. See, not only did Mephibosheth come into the king's table to hear kingly words, but 
we actually began to learn kingly authority. And it's actually critical if you and I are to live successful and flourishing lives, which I believe is the will of God, that you learn what it is to come under authority so that you can have authority. See, sometimes you might get promoted into a position of authority and all of a sudden you realize that if people don't listen to you, you have no authority. Listen, watch, sorry, real quick, let's go back to the screen. Family, not human race, church, his people created in his image. God has made this institution called the church, but really it was just his people. In the house of God, the leaders of the house of God are not their own authority. The leaders of the house of God are under the authority of other pastors. We have three pastors that would be oversight on our church. We come under the authority of scripture. We come under the authority of even government uh, institutions. Because how many know when you walked in this building, no one said you can't be here? You know why? Because we have authority to be here. Everywhere you and I go, there's authority. What's this now? Government. Government creates order, authority, who's in charge, and so forth. If you violate authority, how many know that you lose authority? Isn't it interesting that so often when you violate authority, you feel free for a moment? Don't you? Like, I I come from Australia. I don't know if you know that or not. (laughs) I come from Australia, and in 1788, Australia was founded, and often England actually sent some of their criminals there. So we have this weird culture in Australia that doesn't really like authority. Like, like I like authority except when it doesn't fit into my needs. My wife will sometimes point out something on a, don't do that, honey, don't you turn. I'm like, honey, that's not made for me. That's made for everyone else. See, I love authority, but I resist authority, don't you? Every single one of us loves authority, but kind of can't stand authority until we're in authority, and then we need authority. <laughs> Government, business, how many of you might be a boss in here, or you own your own company, or you're at least over some people? How many here? Okay, we need to get, get some more promotions going on, okay? <laughs> See, when, if I'm a boss, and I am a boss, I'm a president of an, obviously a non-profit organization, my wife is the VP of that, of that organization, obviously called the church, and so there's an authority structure. God holds me accountable in how I treat people. God holds me accountable to pay people on time. God holds me accountable. Now, if you're an employee and you work for someone, even if you hate your boss, understand that you're under his authority. And when you learn you're under his authority, you'll actually get promoted. How many want promotion? If you learn authority, you'll actually understand promotion far better. Chaos is the result of a culture of lack of honor. Right now, I would say in our culture, we have a culture of diss. Do you remember that when you used to say to people, like, did that dude diss you? I don't know if you remember that. We used to say that in Australia, that dude dissed you. Culture of dishonor and disobedience. And we are creating a culture in our climate of Facebook and Instagram and social media of dishonor. Here's the thing, parents. Think about this. If you're a parent here, how many would like your parents, or sorry, if you're a parent here, how many would like your kids to obey you? Say, I. I. Okay. However, parents, here's the reality. Your kids will watch whether you obey authority. 
They will actually not listen to your words. They'll watch what you do. So if we have a culture of dishonor and disrespect and disobedience, guess what? We will eat the fruit later on. Are you with me? We've got to come under what God has put over us so that we can be over what God has put under us. Hear that again. We must come under what God has put over us protection of who he is, the protection of his word, the wisdom of his counsel. When I come under it, I'm no longer reigned on. But often, we want his blessing, and we do this. 1 Kings chapter 1 says this. King Saul becomes in a position of authority. He loses his authority because he doesn't listen to authority. Listen, he loses his authority. He loses his rule and reign because he did not listen to his to authority. God had put over him. God has put over every single one of us authority. Our money even says in God we trust. Here's what the Bible says though. Now Adonijah, whose mother was Haggah. Someone say Haggah. That's just a good name to say, isn't it? I wish my mother was named Haggah. <laughs> Would have been a good time in elementary school, wouldn't it? <laughs> Your mother's Haggath. Anyway, let's move on quickly. Now, Adonijah, whose mother was Haggath, put himself forward and said, I will be king. Someone say, I will be king. I will be king. He says, I will be king. He knew Solomon was meant to be the next king. He knew that Solomon was the next guy. His father had told everyone Solomon's going to be the guy. And he goes, I will be king. He promotes himself where he was never meant to be promoted. He went over authority, and when he went over authority, he lost authority. Here's what he says. So he got chariots and horses ready with 50 men to run ahead of him, and they crowned him king and so forth. And all of a sudden, King David finds out that Adonijah has stepped into a place of authority where he never was meant to be. How many know that? Like, you got princely money, you got princely territory, you gotta pay taxes, you got prince and princesses, and you got you got good stuff going on. Sorry, Prince S. Alright, just clarifying that. Just Prince S. Amen. Amen. Just try to stay married, amen. <laughs> he elevated himself where he was never meant to be elevated to. And because he bucked authority, actually he lost authority. Later on, the Bible actually says that Solomon said to someone else who was under his authority, kill Adonijah. You talk about losing authority. That's a bad day. Went to Bank of America yesterday, picked up some cash. On Friday, I give my kids pocket money, allowance. Shelly's seven, she gets seven dollars. Benny's nine, he gets nine dollars. Hope's three, she doesn't even know. I keep the three dollars. <laughs> I gave them the pocket money. Well, I was getting the pocket money. Let's clear that up. I was getting the pocket money. I was getting myself. I give myself a pocket money allowance. Not according to my age. I just double it up, whatever. I give my wife here, honey, spend this. I'd rather you do that and credit cards and so forth. I jump out of the car for two minutes. Two minutes. 
I come back into the car. There's been a coup in the car. When I left the car, I said, Ben, you're in control. You're the boss. I come back to the car. Adonijah is trying to kill Solomon. Solomon is trying to kill Adonijah. Bad things are happening. Chaos is raining. My daughter hopes in the front seat of the car. I'm like, there are, we have authority problems. Should have told my kids, you need to sit in daddy's church, big church, and hear authority messages right now. You know what I'm saying? I thought, Pastor, your house was perfect. I thought your kids were angels just flying around everywhere. I thought, Pastor, you were an angel. Some people think that pastors are so holy that when they fart, it's like Febreze. <laughs> Wherever he goes, it just smells better. It's not true, people. It's not true. Some of you just start to crack a smile in church. You're like, are you allowed to smile in church? I'm not sure. Are you allowed to? Yeah. Shoot, they're smiling. Is the Lord going to strike me if I smile in church? God wants his house full of joy. Can I get a good amen? Come on, can I get a good amen? When we sit at the king's table, when we dine at the king's table, we'll have kingly conversations that will feed our soul and help us to become the person God created us to become. And so we must come under authority in family situations. We must come under authority in business situations. We must come under authority in governmental situations. We must come under authority in the house of God. And as we do that, what happens is God's, God's protection, God's peace, and God's promotion actually comes over our lives. See, God puts authority not to hinder us. But God actually puts authority over our lives to protect us, to bring us peace, and to bring us promotion. Peace, protection, and promotion. Peace, protection, and promotion. The three pieces of what God's promise is for all of our lives as we come under His authority. You know that many times people often think of prayer as a place of asking. God, I'm coming to you and I'm asking you to bless me. But if you really read the Lord's Prayer, prayer is actually, first of all, the place of position. Father in heaven, hallowed be whose name? Your name. Honored be your name. Worship be your name. Glorified be your name. And when you honor the name of God, all of a sudden, you begin to look a little smaller, don't you? I've noticed in worship, I look smaller. My problems look smaller, but I look smaller. One of the great dangers of our lives is we think we should orbit our lives around I. But God says, no, I want you to orbit your life around the great I am. And when we orbit our lives around the great I am, God's blessing can flow to our lives. Are you with me, church alive? Getting anything out of this? I don't just want to talk about the four institutions... I think it's important to recognize, though, but I want to talk to you for a moment, kind of summarizing and giving you a permission to pray with authority. As Christians, we come under God's authority. We say, Father, hallowed be your name. And then we say, Father, your kingdom come 
Your will be done. Only when we pray that way can we then pray with authority. Hear me now. Lots of people pray. Do you know that, that 95% of Americans pray? But God does not just hear any prayer. He hears prayer that is positional in heart. Purposeful in, its, in the ability to receive from heaven and say, God, I want your grace. I want your power over my life. The disciples had so much faith in the name of Jesus that when a cripple was near them, they would say, in the name of Jesus, get up and be healed. This means this, church. This means if we're not praying big prayers and seeing big answers yet, we don't need to change our theology. We need to change our position. We need to change our position so that we can see God clearer. And when we see God clearer, we have the faith that will actually shift things. I, many years ago, actually it was the first time I ever preached in a real church. I was asked to preach by Miriam's father actually. So cool. I'll preach. Prayed about it. Began to think about the message, so forth. Preached that that message. Felt like it went well later that night. Someone say that night. That night, I opened my eyes and all I see is blackness and two red eyes staring at me. That was a nice night. I was trying to say Jesus and I couldn't. I was like, eh. After 30 seconds or so, I was like, Jesus! And all of a sudden, this black, weird thing, two red eyes left. See, when I come under his name, I come under his protection. When I come under his name, I come under his protection. There has been other times in our life and in our married life where I've had to pray over my home. I'm like, man, there's something weird going on in my home. And I need to come under his name, come under his power. And when I come under his name and his power and his word, then all of a sudden I have authority. I don't have authority in my name and who I am. I don't say, hey, devil, I'm the pastor of Church Alive. Hey, devil, I've been to a prayer meeting. Hey, devil. No, I come under the name of Jesus. The name that is above every other name, the name that demons do tremble and demons do flee, and I come under that name. And when I come under that name, all of a sudden, I have authority. Isn't it interesting, when I come under authority, I get authority. Too many of us are praying weak, limp-wristed prayers. Going, oh God, bless me. Come under the gift of righteousness. Come under the grace of God. See how good God is. See how good his name is. His power is. And you'll start to pray differently. Some of the greatest prayers in all of scripture. If you look at Nehemiah chapter 1. If you look at Daniel chapter 9. You'll see men of God who got a hold of God. Who changed history. The first thing they did was get under authority. They get under authority, and once they get under authority, they get authority. When I get under authority, God's authority, I gain authority. For instance, the Bible says, forgive me my sins as I forgive those who sin against me. Sometimes Christians running around going, that person offended me, and you're like, did you forgive them? No, that person offended me. And I'm like, did you forgive him? They're like, that person offended me, upset me, and so forth. They're like, did you forgive him? No, 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 you don't understand what they did to me. Did you forgive him? 
Because you can't come under authority and under God's peace and under God's protection if I'm still harboring bitterness in the heart of other people. Right? I want, I want, I want someone to trip over and fall off the cliff. Right? Most marriages could do themselves a quick favor just going, but Lord, I don't want to forgive her. Forgive her. But I don't want to. But do it. But why? He and she. And forgive. Let it go. Let it go. Are you with me? Forgiveness is the glue of relationships. Forgiveness is the glue. Forgiveness. The Bible says love covers a multitude of sins. What's a multitude? It's a lot. I don't want to get involved, pastor, in church because someone hurt me in a previous church. You know, I went to a restaurant one time and they mistreated me. Do I still go to restaurants? Yes, I do. <laughs> do you know, I went to a doctor many years ago and, and, and I, here's how I knew he was a whack job. Um, <laughs> I said, my knee sore and my wrist is sore. And he's like, hey, I'll give you a shot in your shoulder. I'm like, wait, man. You don't know anything. You're confused. He's actually in prison now, actually. I'm not kidding. When you don't submit to authority, you lose authority. When I don't submit to authority, I lose authority. Would love to be in prison. Anyone? Just quickly put up your hands. Anyone? Just go, yes, I'm, uh, it's actually my retirement plan. <laughs> if you don't come under authority, you lose authority. If you don't come under authority, we live in a culture right now that believes that freedom is the absence of authority. Nothing could be further from the truth. Freedom is actually found when you come under the blessing of heaven. And when I come under the blessing of heaven, he grants me more authority in life. Are you with me, Church of Life? Can I have the worship team to come back? Let me share a story. And then we'll wrap this up. Anyone grew up in a farm out in here? Just put up your hand. Okay, one of us. All right, good, good. We've never seen green grass. Good. When I was about 10 years old, a friend invited me to his farm. Wasn't used to going to farms. It was cows and sheep and all kinds of good things and so forth. And there was this electrical fence. I was 10. The sign said, don't touch the fence. That was for someone else. That wasn't for me. Why would that be for me? So I touched, I just did a little touch. Just, just, and it just went. I was like, oh, it's just like a little electrical fence. I touched it again. I'm like, oh, this is fun. So I grabbed it, two hands, and, and I, and I, I kind of grabbed the wire and there was another stick that, it wasn't a stick, but it was the, Holes it metal and it made a pretty spark. I kind of went, and I went, can 
give this little job. Such a bizarre. So I did it again. I looked at the spark and I was like, oh, that's cool. Three times it went. Three times. The third time. Boom! I fell on the floor. Grabbed my heart. And just went, oh my gosh. I should have listened to the sign. Like, you idiot. God wants to actually give his church power. Man in here, listen to me. God actually wants to give you power. But you can either have your power, demonic power, or you can have God's power. And when you come under that authority of the name that is above every name, you come as a servant and you kind of go, God, I come under that name. That's why prayer isn't just a once a week thing or occasional thing. This is why prayer is like a, a breathing for the Christian. It is the essence of the Christian life. It is, it is what we do. We pray. Why? Because we are coming under His authority. And when I don't feel like obeying the law, when I don't feel like doing what God wants me to do, I just need moments in His presence again where I come under His authority and say, okay, God, because your name and your renown is more and better, and you're, you're the king over my heart, therefore, I now step into authority. Now I can pray with authority. Now I can hear heaven. And when my Father gives me an instruction, have kingly authority coming out of my lips. The, the, the word God gave me for this year was expand. 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 And that was our theme. And we prayed about it. We thought about it. And we began to believe God for it. And when this building came about, I'm like, man, this has got to be God because the word of the Lord is expand. The word of the Lord is expand. Be larger. And, and God has done it. And the reason God has done it is because we heard his voice and then we began to align our lives and our thinking and our speech with it. Church is powerful. Listen to me. A church is powerful when it aligns under the Father, aligns under his vision, aligns and begins to say the same things that God says about their lives. You are no longer Mephibosheth. You are a king's kid. Mephibosheth is broken. King's kid eats of his father's table. And then over the years, God begins to give you instruction. Do this. Clear the table. You're like, I don't want to clear the table. Clear the table. And as you are faithful in the little things, God will give you more. God will give you more. Pocket money's coming your way. You know what I'm saying? Like, Daddy wants to give you pocket money, but he wants to see you faithful with the current pocket money. I ain't giving my son $12 until he is faithful with $9. Yeah. It's just our Father. Are you with me? Close your eyes for me. Father, I thank you for your sons and your daughters and God, every family here represented. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would bless them. God, speak to them the way they need it. Holy Spirit, let this word come alive in every woman, every man. Let it come alive in 
government attitudes. Let it come alive in family attitudes. Let it come alive in your house. Let it come alive in the workplace. But let it come alive in prayer. They might be powerful men and women of God. I ask this now in Jesus' name. My head's about and eyes are closed all across this place. You may be here today and someone invited you. You may be here today and you know for some reason your relationship with the Father is not right. You feel like you are far, far away. Perhaps you've never trusted in the person of Jesus Christ. Number one, or number two, you know you had, but for some reason, whatever the reason, you ran away. I want to tell you today that the Father wants to usher you back into the King's court, the King's table. He wants to speak to you and reveal His purpose to your life so that you might become the man and woman that you are created to become. So all across this place, we're going to pray a simple prayer. And this prayer is a faith prayer to connect us and reconnect us back to the person of Jesus Christ. So all across this place, Let's pray this prayer as a church together. Say, Jesus, thank you for your incredible grace. Right now, I come under your authority, your blessing, your peace, your promotion. Help me walk with you for the rest of my days. Make me to be the person you created me to become. Speak to me where I need it. Guide me. Let your word be my light. Let the house of God be my house. In Jesus' name I pray. My heads are bowed and eyes are closed all across this place. If you're in business with God, would you let me know? One, two, three. Quickly, all across this place. Raise your hand. Raise it up real high. Thank you, sweetheart. Thank you, honey, over there. Thank you, sir, over there. Anyone else? Just raise it up. Raise it up real high. So I can say thank you, man, over there in the back, in the middle there, awesome. Anyone else today on this other side just saying, yeah, I need to come back to God. I'm far away from God. I know it. Thank you, sweetheart. Anyone else today? Thanks, honey. That's awesome. Anyone else today? Just quickly raise your hand. Raise it up high. Awesome. Thank you, honey. Over there. That's awesome. Thank you. Another girl over there. That's great. Awesome stuff. You can put your hand down now. Father, I thank you for your sons. I thank you for your daughters. I thank you for so many people running home to you, receiving your grace and your mercy, being invited to the king's table, into the king's name, I pray. I thank you for it, Holy Spirit. Now, Lord, may your power come on your church, on your sons, on your daughters, to walk in their God-given authority. Lord, both in every institution that you've created, but also as men and, and, and women of prayer. God, help them shift things and be powerful in prayer, I pray. In Jesus' name, fill each life, I pray, Holy Spirit, with a fresh touch of God right now. In the mighty and awesome name of Jesus. And if you believe it, give the Lord a hand. Come on. Hey, once again, thank you guys for checking us out at Church Alive. We are so blessed to be a part of your week, a part of your lives. If you want to hear more of these messages and want to just hear more about what's going on in the life of our church, make sure to follow us on social media, Instagram, and on YouTube so you can see more messages, hear more messages just like this, and just really hear what's going on in the life of our church. We'll see you this weekend. Have a great week.